0: Thanks for listening, come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody. So who's ready for some memory verse action this morning? have got Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. If you didn't know this one, this one's not too challenging. So Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. If you've got it, go ahead and stand up. And I'll move the slide to the next slide so you can't cheat. you have got two, three. What's that? No, I'm not going to let you just read it. woo Partners in crime today. Anybody else? Going once, going twice? All right. I'll let you go first since you're... Yeah. yeah. Or last? You tell me. Let's do it. A um, soft answer turns away wrath. Yes. A harsh word stirs up anger. It does. The tongues of the wise commend knowledge. Yes. The mouths of the foolish pour out folly. They do. Excellent. Good job. Well Time. done. Boom. Nice. Let's give him a hand. Here we go. Yes, yes, yes. Miss Kimberly? A soft answer turns away wrath. Yes. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Yes. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge. Yes. Let the mouths of fools pour out folly. Yes, it That's does. There we go, with the reference at the end. Nice job, nice job. Look who's back from college. Yay, <laughs> That's Dave Barber clapping loudly, Margie, in case you're listening. All right, great. Go ahead. A soft answer turns away that yes. a uh, harsh word stirs up anger. Yes. A mouth of the wise uses knowledge rightly, Yes. but the mouth of fools pours forth. Pours forth foolishness, which makes sense for fools to pour forth foolishness. It is difficult to say that fast, right? Excellent. Miss Darla, you got it? A soft answer turns away wrath, yes. but a harsh word stirs a anger. Yes. Anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but yes. the mouth of fools pour forth foolishness. Yes, it is difficult to say. I'll, I can say it in my head much faster than I can say it with my lips. Uh, well done. Stacy. The soft answer turns away wrath. Yes. Harsh words serve anger. Yes. And I can't remember verse the second verse, but it's all about ninth graders. It is about ninth graders, yes. <laughs> well done. Very good. Very good. All right. Anybody else? We're good? Excellent. All right. Great job. So just as a reminder, each verse that you say, there's a gift from the prize table. So uh, we'll do a quick review of last week, and then we'll jump into this week. So if you've got your hand out in front of you... Uh, a couple of things we talked about Genesis 1:28. We talked about Matthew 19, or Matthew 28:19 and 20, uh, and how in order to complete those commands, in order to have dominion over the whole world, in order to take the gospel to all the corners of the earth, that we get to participate in using technology, and I define technology as a lot of different things, right? So we need wheels, we need fire, we need. Uh, Clothes. Clothes help, right? There's some technology in creating clothes. Uh, And specifically, as we look at uh, the technology that we're going to talk about uh, in this series, here's a quote from Tim Challies. God calls you to use technology for His purposes and His glory. So... As with all things on this planet, we can use them for our purposes and our glory or for His purposes and His glory. So we're going to focus on that, His purposes and His glory. And if, if we assume then that we can use things for good, then there must be direction in the Scripture on how to do this. And that's what we're going to focus on in Proverbs. And I firmly believe the Bible tells us how to do this. So... Uh, my disclaimer, I think I'm going to show this slide every single week. So every congregation is a congregation of sinners. And if that weren't bad enough, they have sinners for pastors. So I'm not your pastor, but I'm your teacher and I'm a sinner. Hi, my name is Jim. I'm a sinner. And uh, we are working through this. Nobody has this thing all figured out. So it's my disclaimer. Uh, we talked about this last week. So what does ubiquitous mean? Everywhere. Everywhere. It's all over the place. Have you seen these billboards? Yes. yes. You know why? Because it's everywhere. Yes, that's the whole point here, right? It's a, it's a social media hack uh, is what they're trying to do here. And I don't know if you went to the link that I put on Facebook that explains what this is all about. But if you didn't, then send me a friend request and go to my post from last Sunday and you can read all about it. So this is why I think social media is important, because there are over a billion and a half people on this planet that participate in it. Most estimates put it at closer to three billion, but not all the tracking is as good as it can be. So billions of people each day engage in social media. So if we're to take the gospel to all the earth, maybe we invade that space too. couple things that we talked about last week. Here's your next blank. Uh, Solomon is still speaking to us today. This is a quote from my buddy, Ian McConnelly, pastors a church up in uh, Philly. He says, the Bible is not just a book that was written, it is a voice that is speaking. And Solomon is still speaking to us today. When you open up the book of Proverbs and you read through it, it is hard to imagine that it was written 3,000 years ago on papyrus. Because it really looks like somebody standing over my shoulder, watching me live, writing a commentary on, this is helpful, this is not. This is great, this is stupid. And depending upon the, t- Proverbs is almost one of those books I would encourage you to get a, um, a less literal translation of. Because some of them are absolutely hilarious in the bluntness of the communication. Uh, The word stupid shows up in the NIV in Proverbs dozens of times. So we're not pulling any punches here. If you do this, that's stupid. Right? So for those of you that have young children and you don't like for them to use the word stupid, be careful about what translation of the Bible you give them because they may point to it and say, it's in the Bible. So just a disclaimer there. So Solomon is speaking us today, and then filters. So this is, uh, somebody took this picture of me last week as I was putting on my filter, and if you'll notice, uh, Sean McGarvey is an OR nurse with us, and he brought me some gear. So I've got these glasses, I've got this uh, surgical cap. cap. Thank you very much, I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, I struggle often with words, and you guys just help me, so thank you for that. Uh, and I'm putting on my, my mask, but I put it on backward, and I put it on backward on purpose because that's often how we handle the Bible, Is that we know this is how we are to do things, how we're to engage things, but sometimes we just set it aside and don't use it appropriately. And Sean's sitting right there. I didn't see you come in, so good morning, Sean. Glad you're here today. Uh, so this was fantastic stuff. Um, I think on week five, everybody's going to get a filter. And we're going to write a couple words on the filter, and that'll remind us about what we're actually supposed to be filtering as we learn and go through this series. So that's our filters. So two things that we talked about last week, Solomon's still speaking in filters. So today, we're going to talk about an introduction into Proverbs for just a couple of minutes, and then we'll jump into what are the commands that we're supposed to do. So Proverbs is what kind of literature? Poetry. poetry. Proverbs is poetry, right, which is why it's got imagery, which is why it's got all these literary techniques. And there's two things you want to know about Hebrew poetry. And the first is parallelism. Parallelism. And I know that's a long word. Sorry. Here you go, Justin. You ready? P-A-R-A-L-L-E-L-I-S-M. Parallelism. So here's what parallelism is. And I I didn't find this picture anywhere online, but everybody just screams that this is what it looks like, so I just made my own. So in a proverb, in, in the book of Proverbs, there's typically two lines. Sometimes there's three, but most of the time there's two lines. Parallelism specifically is referring to the meaning of the lines. So there's two main types of parallelism. This is uh, synonymous parallelism, where the first line means roughly the same thing as the second line. It's just restated or used in different words. And this helps us tremendously when we interpret scripture, because this is literally line upon line understanding of the Bible. The second kind is, so if the first kind was synonymous, this would be antithetical, of course, right? It's not in your handout, but that's okay. Antithetical, where the first line is something this way, the second line is something that way. So, the positive and then the negative, or sometimes the negative and then the positive, but the two lines mean the opposite thing, which really help us understand what we're talking about. Because sometimes, when we speak, giving an example of the exact opposite is very helpful to understand what we're really trying to communicate, right? I find this specifically so when I'm trying to show my children something that I want them to do around the house. And it's, I want you to do it exactly like this. Don't do this, right? You have an example of what specifically not to do, they get a better understanding of what actually to do. So, parallelism is your first blank. The second blank is rhyming, another word that's difficult to spell. Thank God for spell checker. I wouldn't have got this right in my notes either. R H Y M I N G. Does anybody spell rhyming and rhyme and rhymed properly every time? Has anybody got this down, Pat? You do? Fantastic. I knew there were people in the universe that could do this. I am not one of them, so rhyming. Now you'll see what, what word do I have in the middle of the picture here? Meaning, right? So in English poetry, how do things rhyme? By sound, right? In Hebrew poetry, things rhyme by meaning. So if it means the same thing, two lines, then those two lines rhyme, and that's considered good Hebrew poetry. Or if they mean the opposite, that's considered good Hebrew poetry. Now, there's, there's about five or six other types of parallelism that we could talk about. They only show up a, a very low percentage of the time in Proverbs, so we're not going to get overly technical. Uh, but meaning is what Hebrew poetry is all about, which is one of the reasons why we think it's so beautiful. And it's also one of the reasons why it's extremely difficult to translate it into English and make the words themselves rhyme via sound, because that's not what the Hebrew authors were going after. They were going after that meaning. So that's your quick introduction into uh, Hebrew poetry, just so we have a background on that. So what's the book of Proverbs about? What's the goal of the book of Proverbs? Well, open up to Proverbs. The cool thing is that Solomon is a very blunt kind of guy. So Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Let's look at verses uh, 1 and 2. We'll just read down through 1 and 2. Who's got it? I'm looking, I'm looking. You got it, Jay? Excellent. The proverb to Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction. So what does he start off with? I am. Who am I? Who am I? And then he starts off with what I'm about to be about. I'm going to write a whole bunch of chapters about to know wisdom. Wisdom, yeah. And if you've ever read through the book of Proverbs, that word comes up a lot. And it comes up a lot on purpose because that's what this book is about. To know wisdom. And? Instruction. Instruction, yeah. Because you really don't get there without some instruction. Right? Right. This is... In case you haven't noticed, when your child or your uh, siblings or whomever you happen to be related to um, were born, they did not, on day one... They were not wise. Would you agree? Was there some instruction and some guidance and some repetition, and some repetition and repetition and re- yes? It takes a lot of work to get to the point to be wise. So right off the bat, he talks about wisdom. So let's flip over to chapter four, uh, verses five through seven. Just turn a couple pages. Chapter four, verses five through seven. Who's got this? You got it. Excellent seven, yes, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will guard you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring. Get understanding. Yes. So it's wisdom. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. Some of your translations say wisdom is the principal thing, right? Therefore, get wisdom. We're to be focused on this. We're to go after this. And I can't help but assume that if, if Solomon says we're to be wise, we're to be wise, we're to be wise, we're to be wise, that that wise approach to life is supposed to apply to our lips as well, right? How we engage in communications and then as we engage in communications via social media, it applies to our thumbs, right, as we type. So this is part of wisdom is being wise in all aspects of our life. Now, how many of you know what taxonomies are? Yes, excellent. So those of you that are education junkies, you go to my notes. This is Bloom's Modified Techno- uh, Taxonomy. Fantastic people have been to studying this and teaching this for years and years and years. This is what Proverbs is. Proverbs starts with the fear of the Lord, and then it it goes to knowledge, then it goes to understanding, then it goes to discernment, and then it goes to wisdom. And wisdom is skillful living. Wisdom is not just knowledge. Knowledge happens much, much lower. Wisdom is knowing what to do and doing it in those situations. So if you don't know what taxonomies are, I don't have time to teach taxonomies, but for those of you that do, Kind of helpful stuff. So Proverbs actually has a taxonomy. All right, so today what we're going to look at are the proactive verses in Proverbs that tell us go do something very specifically relative to communications. You know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer is? You know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer is? This quote from Bonhoeffer. If you don't know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer is, like, uh, Google Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Don't worry, you can misspell it. Google will help you, right? Aren't you thankful that Google helps you when you misspell words? This is half the time how I learn how to spell a word. Just go to Google and it'll figure it out. So Bonhoeffer, being a Christian is less about cautiously avoiding sin than about courageously and actively doing God's will. So a lot of times we feel like and we're taught sometimes that Christianity is "Don't don't do this, 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 and we live in this little bitty box. Christianity is not living in a little bitty box. Christianity is going and spreading the gospel and living a righteous life and being a witness for Jesus Christ. It is moving outward. Christianity never stands still. For those of you wondering, I have changed my morning routine. I am now exercising in the morning, and I have found that I have more energy to teach Sunday school. So, this is why my words per minute are approximately doubled what they have been in the past. shocking. Now, some of you, Bonhoeffer may be a little deep, so I'll give you another version. Uh, this is Church Curmudgeon. If you, don't file, if you don't have a Twitter account for any other reason, get a Twitter account and follow Church Curmudgeon. So, carpe your diem before your diem carpe's you, right? Good stuff. Just absolutely good stuff. Uh, so, what are we to do? So, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Proverbs 13:3. Now, you'll notice I listed the verses in your notes. We're going to go to all these today. So, let's start with Proverbs 13:3. Who's got it? You got it? Excellent. Let's read it. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. So he who guards his lips guards his what? Life. That sounds important, doesn't it? Kind of a big deal. Yeah. How many of you wear your seatbelts when you get in the vehicle? Why do you wear your seatbelts when you get in the vehicle? Because <laughs> that dinging sound gets on my nerves. That sound gets on my nerves, right? <laughs> They will write me a ticket if I don't. And then there's a few of you that wear it because it's safety, it's safety right? I value my life. I actually like being alive. I, I think saying secure is good. Now, those of you that know me know that I drive a 77 Ford, which is a tank. Right? So, if you pull out in front of me with your little plastic smart car, there's not, there's not, I had somebody do this three or four days ago. I'm like, that is, you just made a death wish right there, right? Because it's not even going to dent my bumper. And you're just, just going to be a little wad of plastic, right? That person needs a seatbelt. Um, I need a seatbelt too in my 77 Ford. So, all right. So, he who guards or protects or maintains his mouth preserves or pre- guards or protects or maintains his life. So, it feels like, it feels like a filter that we should have in place is guarding, right? So I should be careful about before I even start. Before I even start communicating, I should guard. And then Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three. What's it say? Proverbs 21, 23. that again for me that's a fantastic translation watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble version the nlt right yeah yeah nlt is a lot of fun to read proverbs with because it's it's more of a uh it's not a paraphrase but it's it's a, a less literal translation um so yeah so whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles Right. If, that almost feels like advice your mom or your grandma gave you. Like, it's what <sighs> my what you say to your class? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> With, yeah. How helpful would this be to say to the mirror every morning? Right? <laughs> I'm, I just stepped on your toes now, didn't I? I'm sorry. I'm not really, no. <laughs> sorry. So here's your blank. Before we speak, we guard our mouths. We guard our mouths. Very simple blanks today. Nothing complicated. We've gotten past the complicated with parallelism and rhyming, so we kind of coasting into Proverbs, right? So those are the filters. Now, I personally think there's a lot more filters that the New Testament gives us, right? So we speak the truth. That should be a filter. We speak it in love. That should be a filter. So if we approach communication from a, I should, I should have a preference toward keeping my mouth shut and guarding... And I have a preference toward love, and I have a preference toward truth. Would our volume of communication go up or down? I would say I think it ought to go up. Because those things shouldn't stop us from communicating, they should change the way we communicate. Does this make sense? We should think about it and process and analyze more, not necessarily because if you take the approach and say that those things should make us speak less, then what we're doing is we're getting back and we're painting ourselves in that corner of Christianity as a retreat. Christianity is not a retreat. Christianity is a boldly proclaiming a message and moving forward. Okay, So this is not meant as a, oh, we shouldn't talk. No, 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 no. We should. We have the greatest message ever told, and we are told to take it out. So we should be talking. But how fast should we speak? Here's a question for you. Oh, I forgot to show you this next slide. Um, there's a modern version of whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. You like that? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yes. Um, Somebody needs to take a picture of that with me standing right here and put that on Facebook and tag me in that. So let's just do that. I'll give you a second. Carrie, you got it. Awesome. Got it, Cool. That's the uh, Jim Fleming revised version of Proverbs 21:23, right? That's about as relevant as it gets. So how fast should we respond? How fast should we respond? Proverbs 15, 28. Now, Proverbs 15, 28 is actually your memory verse for this week. I love this verse. I love this verse because it is, it just makes me slow down and process a little bit, right? Proverbs 15, 28. Got it? The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. Yeah, the heart of the righteous studies. Anybody have a different word for studies? Thank you thinks carefully. Yeah, the word is meditates or, or to ponder. Uh, the word is actually used in the Old Testament, earlier in the Old Testament, to murmur, to, like, to like talk lowly and talk a lot about and I'm thinking through this. And hey, Have you ever met anybody that kind of whispers a little bit and murmurs while they're thinking? Anybody, to, anybody do that? Yes? Um Yeah many of us do this right and this is the idea that that I'm, i got um, i don't know it's just mm, yeah, I don't, I don't, mm, okay. and I, I can almost see solomon mumbling and and watching somebody mumble going there's some there's some truth in that because this person is considering and evaluating before they say all right here's my answer for this there's some evaluation that goes forth all right so the heart of the righteous studies how to answer but the mouth of the wicked force evil. So the visual I've got for this, um, what is this thing right here? Speed it's bump. a speed bump, yes. I feel like this is a speed bump in our communications. Just s- got to slow down a little bit. Now, not everybody slows down for speed bumps. <laughs> I was in the back of a van once. <laughs> Driven by the aforementioned Sean McGarvey. And uh, we were on, what's the little road right here? Cloverdale. And I drive Cloverdale like five times a day. And I still don't know the name of it. It's OK. I have no sense of direction. Don't ever ask me for directions. If you tell me where you live and I smile and nod, I'm just being polite. I have no idea where it is. If you tell me how far it is from a restaurant, I know exactly where you are. OK? It's the only source. So I'm in the back of a van. And uh, I want to say that there weren't any seats in the back of it. I think we were helping your mom move that night. Is that what it was? And I think you were dropping me back off after we helped her move. I want to say that was the scenario. And Sean's approach to speed bumps is not slow down. Sean's approach to speed bumps is speed up, speed up yes. Because if you hit it fast enough, it's, his theory was that it really doesn't make that much of a difference. Well, it doesn't if you're in the driver's seat. <laughs> It does if you're rolling around in the back, right? So I, I thought I had died. Uh, but anyway, speed bumps are, this is intended to slow us down just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right, so you might ask, well, what if I'm really angry? Hey, what if I'm really angry? Well, Proverbs has got a verse for that too. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. You got it? All right. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts Paul. He who is... Well, I don't know if I like that verse. You know what those words mean there? The slow means long, and the wrath means nose. Yeah, this is the horse thing again, right? This is long-suffering. He who takes a long time to get very angry. Have you ever been around a horse? When a horse gets angry, what happens to its nostrils? They flare out, right? And the horse was considered to be a very patient animal in ancient times because it took a lot to get a horse really, really riled up. So when I'm really angry, what does the picture look like? <laughs> it looks like a lot of speed bumps, right? Okay, let's slow down just a little bit. Yeah, John's going, that's fantastic! That's <laughs> fantastic! If you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering what we're looking at, go to stewardheights.org slash School and download today's PowerPoint and go to uh, the slide where it says, what are we up to do, what are we to do, speed, Proverbs 14, 29. So, it's direction for my friends that listen online. All right, great. So, he who is slow to wrath has great understanding. Now, I had lunch with Ron Hawks this last week, and Ron laid a whole bunch of truth on me. It was very, very helpful, and I had to go think about it for several hours, uh, but I'm going to distill a whole bunch of stuff real quick for you. Here's your next blanks. These are heart habits. You like that phrase? I like that phrase. These are heart habits. And we cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. We can talk about, oh, we should do this, oh, we should do that, oh, we should do this. That's wonderful. The Holy Spirit is the empowering force in the life of a believer. These are investments in our current and future relationships with God. I've got a couple quotes here for you. Uh, This lady named Karen Lamb. A year from now, you may wish you had started today. We get to start practicing this stuff at any time. And a year from now, we may wish we had invested for the past year. Uh, If you like Spurgeon better, Spurgeon says, one of these days you may be unable to get rid of those habits which you are now forming. He just has a way of, like, it almost feels like this brick. He just picked a brick up and just beat me back and forth with it. You know, it's just amazing what he can do there. All right, so we've looked at uh, the filters. We looked at how fast we should speak. Let's talk about the volume, how much we should speak. So Proverbs 15.2. Anybody remember it from quoting it earlier? Proverbs 15.2. The tongue of the wise, yeah. Uses knowledge rightly, yeah. But the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness, yes. So that word for rightly is soundly or successfully or beautifully. The idea is that there's a volume that's appropriate and there's a volume that's inappropriate. Would we agree? You ever been around somebody that didn't know the volume appropriate level? Yes. Yes? Uh, this is how I know I am getting older is that uh, the kids with the radios that are up, turned up too loud now bother me. It didn't used to bother me. It's like, oh, that's cool. I like that song. That's a great song. And now it's, you should really turn that down. Like... <laughs> Like, I'm going to get out at the intersection and go introduce myself and have you turn this down. This is ridiculous. It's um, well, road rage, OK? It is road rage, yes. <laughs> it is road rage. Which is where I need to go back to this, right? <laughs> right? Isn't this a great picture? I love this picture. Road I, <laughs> it's road rash. <laughs> yeah, I may put this as my background at my work computer. We'll see. I don't know. All right. So. What's that? You've had what? Nightmares. Nightmares like that? Yeah, you can see that. Proverbs 17:27. All right, who's got it? Proverbs 17:27. I didn't put these on the, the screen because they're, you guys are just slipping like a page or two, so I figured we could do that pretty straightforward. Dave. He who has knowledge spares his words, um, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. You read that again. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding. So if I know the answer, no questions get asked. Right? Yeah. Or worse, when you know the answer, and you know it won't be listened to. Yeah, Spares, his word restrains, hinders, holds back, reserves, withholds. Now, let me tell you when not to use this verse. Sean, yes, sir. how can I be saved? Is, is that a time to hold back an answer? No. no, absolutely not, right? So we are engaging with the gospel. We are not holding back answers. We are sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sean, yes. give me your full perspective on American politics. <laughs> wow. Could that lead to some type of a, uh, like, pulling these bricks out of the wall and beating each other with, each, with them, Right? Yes. Should we be cautious? Yes. All right. He who has knowledge spares his words. Proverbs 20, verse 3. Now, of all the verses that I don't like in today's lesson, this is probably the one that I don't like the most, so I'll be transparent with you. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 3. What have we got? You got it? It is an honor for a man to keep <laughs> aloof from strife, but every fool will be quarreling. So when we find ourselves in an argument, who has the honor? The one who stops. Right? You've heard the phrase, when you wrestle with a pig, only two things happen. You both get dirty and the pig enjoys it. Yes? Right? Stop. You haven't heard the phrase. You laughed. Okay, I guess not. Like, Stop. Wrestling. So here's your blank. Many times, less is better. Less is better. I shared this quote uh, from uh, Abraham uh, Kupier a couple months ago in a different series. It says, there's not a square inch in which the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. It is all his. He is completely sovereign. So they made a pie chart, right? Square inches over which Christ cries, mine, is in purple. Square inches over which Christ does not cry, mine, is in red. How much red is there? None. None. It's all Christ's. So if it's all Christ's, perhaps our communication, he is sovereign over that as well. Perhaps we should stop arguing with him about that. This one has been beating me up like nobody's business. So This is one of the reasons I had to think about this series about a year and a half before we come and teach it. Just one of those things, right? All right. So many times, less is better, and Jesus is sovereign over speech as well. And in Proverbs twenty-six five, here's part of your homework for this week. Here's part of your homework for this week. <clears throat> Proverbs twenty-six five says, "Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes." So there's a there's a time in which we proactively engage fools, right? What's sorry um, twenty I was twenty six yeah twenty six five. There we go. And then uh, Proverbs 26.4 says what? Answer, not a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So, contradiction in the Bible. Not at all. There's times when a pig needs to be told he's a pig, and there's times when you don't wrestle with a pig. So, part of your homework this week that we'll look at in two weeks from now is what other Bible verses give us guidance into when we do Proverbs 26.5? So what other Bible verses give us guidance as to when we do Proverbs 26.5? So I really don't care about our opinions here. I care about what the Scripture says and what direction it gives us, so we'll make sure we focus on that. So the last big section of of what uh, we're commanded to go do is really just a question that I I ask a lot of times when I get an assignment from my boss, and it's, what does good look like, right? When, when I finish with this, you, you describe to me what good looks like. And Solomon describes for us a couple times here what good looks like. Proverbs 25, 11. Just a couple of verses down. Who's got Proverbs 25, 11? Spoken, it's like apples of, gold settings of silver. Apples of gold in settings of silver. You know what that is on the screen? apples of gold in a setting of silver. You know how many pictures there are on the internet of apples of gold in settings of silver? Thousands. And about 95% of them are awful. It's like preachers at 7.30 in the morning trying to draw in paint an apple of gold. And it was just really spectacular. This is the best one that I could find. But it's really pretty, I think, right? And I think most of you would think, ah, I could put that in my house somewhere. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And a word fitly spoken. A word at the exact right time is beautiful. Proverbs sixteen twenty-four. Now I really like this one because it's about food. So And I personally think that any time of day is good for this type of food. So Proverbs 1624, what do we got? I'm just walking around at random. Pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Yeah. Pleasant or beautiful words, suitable, splendid, graceful words, are like a honeycomb. Anybody ever had a honeycomb? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're all smiling when you think about honeycombs, by the way, because it's wonderful, right? And sweetness to the soul and health are a curing medicine to the bones. So here's your blank. What does good look like? Well, wise communication is beautiful, sweet, and or healing. And I don't want you to think that it's all, oh, isn't that just wonderful? No. Healing sometimes is setting a bone, is part of healing. And if you've ever had a bone set, it is not a pleasant experience, but it is necessary. So I'm not saying that all of our communication is, oh, everything's just happy and wonderful and easy. No, 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 not at all, not at all. There are times to say things that need to be said, and we will be talking about those in the coming week. So your memory verse is Proverbs 15:28. the heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. So next week we're going to be looking at uh, what tools and resources exist. Today Barbara's going to help me out with this. Uh, Show us a lot of very specific tactical steps that we can take to do these things with electronics. Week 4, what are we not to do? Week 5, where do we go from here? And then uh, the resources at the bottom of the page. You see the resources? Yes. What are the resources? The Holy Spirit. Yes. That's what he does. He helps. So let's ask him to help. Uh, One chapter a day in Proverbs. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I would strongly encourage you to take it up as a life practice. It is fantastic. A regular dose of wisdom is healthy for everybody. Uh, The typical way that we do this in Christianity is whatever day of the month it is, you read that chapter. And since we don't have any months with more than 31 days, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. It works really, really easily. And then uh, if you want the complete and total seminal work on the commentary on Proverbs... Everybody I checked with said this guy was the best. Uh, Bruce K. Waltke. Uh, the first, it's in two volumes. The first volume is about 700 pages. The second volume is about 600 pages. So <clears throat> as deep and wide as you wanna go is that resource. So I think I skipped a couple blanks. We got there, we got there, we got there. Awesome, good. That's the lesson for today. On your middle year your table, if you look at the weekly update, the upcoming events, The upcoming events section, next Sunday, we have a Sunday school lunch in this room. So here's what I'd like you to do. The theme is going to be, it's not going to be hamburgers and hot dogs and grilling, because most of you are going to do that on Monday and we didn't want to double up. Uh, We're going to provide barbecue and drinks, and what we need are sides and desserts. So if you can bring sides and desserts... We will have a fantastic barbecue lunch next Sunday in this room, immediately after the morning service is over. So uh, we'll be putting that on Facebook, on the Facebook uh, group page uh, today. So just comment with what you're bringing. That way we don't have 19 cherry pies. But, well, if we had 19 cherry pies, that wouldn't be bad. That's, that's actually a good thing. Big pile of barbecue cherry pie. That'll work. That works good for me. right? All right, so at the bottom of your page, there, make sure you've marked your attendance. Uh, Pray as a group, and then you are free to go. Thank you for coming to Sunday School today.